Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome back to Hackett Chat, the NBA's first podcast with a man who has yet to see an opening ceremony. I'm always busy. The opening ceremony is always at inconvenient times. I'm Chuck P. With me is the lesser valued international competition, the Dan American Games. Dan, what are we going to do? We're here to talk some hoops and tell you what happened to Harold Miner. Behind the MacBook, we have the superhero of the snare, Gyro. It's really nice to be here. Well, we're glad you showed up because you're late. It's super late right now. I'm a busy guy. And we're upset about it. I had to, I had to stay Chuck, up. I had to get up in the morning. So does Dan. He has a big adult job. Yeah, I know. Chuck, I almost just uh, forgot my line to the opening <laughs> because the Dan American Games is maybe the best one you've done so far. <laughs> I thought it was relevant. I thought it was really relevant. Um, and the way you presented it, the way you presented it as the lesser valued international competition, almost made me forget my opening line. <laughs> so thank you. Well is done. it is it even on TV? Do they do they televise I, the panoramic games? Maybe ESPN. I think I don't the know. way you the way you put it, I think that's exactly <laughs> right. Nobody knows. <laughs> as a matter of fact, if they started calling it the Dan American Games, people probably wouldn't even know. They, they just, oh, that's what that's what it's called now. <laughs> uh, well, it, it, you may have also forgotten because it has been a minute since we've recorded a podcast. It is the off season. We've been busy. We've got stuff going on. So I promise when we get back to the regular season grind, we'll be we'll be a little bit more. Um, I don't know, up to a weekly or biweekly uh, schedule. Right now, we're just kind of all over the place. Uh, we, there's not a whole lot of news going on in the NBA sphere. Um, but there is news going on right here at home. And I, I brought up the superhero of the snare because, Gyro, yes. you've made it into the Ohio State Marching Band for the fourth year in yeah, a row. Fourth year in a row. Fourth year in a row. Fourth, breaking news. Breaking news. Thank you, Charlie. Yes, I am so proud of you. A round of a round of applause. I am so I yeah I put my hands in a circle as I was clapping. Um, we're yeah we're very proud of you. So uh, throughout the season we'll we'll have updates from Gyro about uh, what's going on. Ooh, we do have a little scoop. Are we allowed to talk about the scoop? The scoop that you shared with me about one of the show topics for this year, ooh, or is that a secret? Ooh, that might well, keep let's it. Give, DL, give it DL? a couple couple weeks. Okay. All right. I was told that directly by a director. So all right. Just, directly by a director. All right. We won't do it. Uh, we won't make anything bad happen. Let's, we won't throw say, away our shot. It'll be fine. Uh, so we uh, – yeah, no, we're good. Uh, Dan, you also have big news. You yes. fixed your phone. You, you, your phone was broken, and it's now working. Yes. Uh-huh. And this was all happening just – now so we yeah. are uh we are a go yeah we are a, a go out in chicago look at that Ooh, um that, that was a terrible effort that was rough that was a rough effort at that i'm embarrassed i'm sorry for everybody that had to hear that i apologize you know what but yes phone phone is up and working and we're good we're good to go awesome this is fantastic i feel like we've um we've already spent too much time not talking about basketball so do, yep. how about do you want to talk about more? basketball Let's talk about basketball. All right. Let's go. Here we go. So, of course, it's the Olympics. We wanted to stay within the Olympic theme, and we have a bunch of different things that we were talking about. Dan, I've been, I've been compiling lists of things 
that as they come up in the news or on my Instagram or Twitter or what have you, I'd be like, ooh, I want to talk about this during the show. And I just made a list, and it was called Things I Want to Talk About. And you came up with an right. amazing idea to which make it. Which would have been which, well, well I, I was going to say, things I want to talk about could end up being a really cool segment on the show, but like just things I want to talk about. This is so just, I like that uh, as where a possibility eventually. Shoot, I think Shoot the Breeze yeah. is probably going to be the name of that segment. Um, but <laughs> Shoot the Breeze, perfect. But uh, you, you came up with uh, something a little bit more relevant to what is going on now, and that is the Summer Olympics. Yes. Correct. Uh, so, you know, open up the show notes, taking a look. I'm like, you know what? Something we've done that's been really fun kind of ever since we've been doing this is taking what's happening, you know, in the world and then taking it to what we're doing basketball-wise. So I'd, I'd seen all the topics you had posted, and I was like, you know what? How can we make this into something relevant to what's happening now? Let's do this. Let's take some of these topics that are a little more fun and a little more cool and put them in the gold medal bracket. Mm-hmm. And then the topics were like, eh, you know what? This is okay. Kind of cool to talk about. Kind of relevant. I'll put that in a silver metal bracket. You know, let's do uh, the ones that are just kind of like off the cuff, don't really have a lot of discussion, but, you know, we're bringing up the bronze medal topic. So to keep it in sync with the Olympics in the spirit of competition right now, I say we take all of the topics that we uh, came up with for the show and put them into the different categories, bronze topics, silver topics, gold medal topics. I love it. Uh, what what better way to start out with than with uh, the bronze ones? How about it? I think so. Yeah, leave the uh, the gold for the uh, the final and get get the anthem up and run for it. Absolutely, we'll we'll have that queued up by the time we get there. Um, the yeah. bronze medal. Now, a lot of these topics. First off, they're not going to be in chronological order in which they happen, and some of these may have happened like a month ago, but we never talked about them. And I have True. opinions. And so some of these may be like, yeah, Charlie, we, kn- we, we know this isn't news. This is not a news show. If you are here for news, then y- y- you're probably going to be ha- be behind the eight ball a little bit. We're not we're not always on top right, of it, missed, but we are here for, here the for news. Right. Yeah. So if, if, if this is if some of this stuff is new, not news to you, don't be surprised. Um, if some of this stuff is, oh, I hadn't heard that. That's because we found out today or yesterday. Um Anyways, so exactly. one of the things that did happen a while ago is Amari Stoudemire is stepping away from the NBA. And he has decided retiring. to... Yeah, he's retiring from the NBA, but not from, from basketball. He is uh, no. taking taking his talents to uh, the... the um, uh, what is it? The Baltic Beach? What's over there? Israel. He's going to Israel. Yeah, the Baltic probably. Correct. He's going to play basketball in Israel on a team that he owns, which is kind of fun. He's kind of pulling a Mario Lemieux-ish. I think it's fantastic. I don't know the last player that owned a team and played for Laying the foundation for NBA players. Yeah, I was say, I believe, I don't know, Jordan was necessarily the owner of the Wizards. He was just in the front office right. when he played in Washington. Mm-hmm. He wasn't an owner yet, so I mean, the closest thing would be if he were to come out of the box and start playing at age 52 for, for the uh, the Hornets this year. Which so, everyone is rooting cool, for. I, I, you know, play, play 20 minutes and get, get 20 points and call it, call it a night. You know, I can see him doing it. But, no, I think it's cool. Amari just <laughs> – most baller move there is hey i'm gonna sign myself to the team that i own (laughs) and i'm gonna play 
Do you think what's he my, gave what's himself? What's my contract? I don't know. I'm right. going to go ahead and go for it because I own the team. So just give me a blank check. I got this. <laughs> he probably gave himself a really, really healthy signing bonus. But, I mean, it's coming out of his imagine. own checkbook. Yep. Right. Yeah. I don't and, know if he had to convert uh, I would that. say that probably in the contract, it's, it's worked into, you know, certain amount of days off, certain amount of time, how many minutes he's going to play. I'm sure he wrote himself a very friendly player contract. You know, this will be I, – now I need to research with all of those different leagues happening over in the European area. I, I wonder what, like, their players association is like. Like, because – I mean, obviously the NBA only has their pool of players in the NBA, and you have to be part of that players' association. I wonder what it's like. Do you have to be? Right. Are you break? Are you breaching contract if you are an owner and a player? Are how can you be on both sides of that dime? I don't know. These are the questions that, a, that I don't have the answers question. to. I we don't know. I don't know. But all right. Anyways, uh, we, the we other pretty much limited. We've limited ourselves to the NBA, so I think you know we have to delve into some of the international leagues at another at another junction at another podcast we come up with someday i i'm sure that um we can do research on this eventually and maybe i'll know what it is but maybe i won't um another fun part that i like about this uh dan did you read um seven seconds or less all about the phoenix suns um in, in the the mid-2000s or do you know do you, i have not do you know this book? read it but i'm very aware of it okay Um, In this book, Jack McCollum talked about um, Amari Stoudemire wanting to change his own nickname. And at one point, he made his own nickname to Israel. And not like Israel, like the country or the place, but is real, I-S space R-E-A-L, because his game is real. Like that was at, at one point. It's so real. At one point in his career, he called himself Israel, and now he's owning and playing for a team in Israel. Man, it was meant to be. No other it was NBA so player meant to be. No other NBA players come full circle in their career Gosh. like Amari Stoudemire. It's like the Amari Stoudemire story in Sleepless in Seattle, just marriaging the best. Of all storybook endings. <laughs> uh, next topic for our bronze medal category. Uh, it came out earlier. Yeah, no segue out of that one. Um, it came out earlier that <laughs> there's there's been a lot of talk because Team USA, the men and the women, they hang out. They spend a lot of time together. It's really cool to see them interacting with each other. But um, apparently somebody asked one of the girls if they could play one of the guys. And Brittany Griner said that she could beat DeMarcus Cousins one-on-one, which prompted reporters to ask every player or related person to these teams that they could about their opinions on it. Uh, Some people calling Brittany Griner delusional. Some people um, saying that they would would, uh, buy uh, front-row tickets. Um, Brittany Griner actually saying what uh, once she found out that Demarcus Cousins was very confident in his ability, uh, Brittany Griner's like, you know what? I'm gonna use that as fuel. I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna use that to fuel me. I was like, well, that's just stupid. You know, a lot of times in the NBA, we've talked, we've heard about uh, players using just the dumbest comments, just the stupidest stuff as as um, whiteboard material or whatever, and. Uh, th- that might be yeah. the dumbest thing that might be whiteboard material that's ever existed. 
I mean, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say the, this is this is the ultimate bronze medal topic here. It really I, mean, I don't even say possibly off off the podium topic only because it's just fodder for people to talk about. Oh, yeah. for us to talk about. I mean, look, the the women are winning every game by like 175 points. The guys are struggling a little bit, so it's been at least interesting. But I think the foregone conclusion is both teams are going to win their gold medals. So, so they want like, something to right, talk about. All right, what are we what are we going to talk about? It's like, hey, Brittany Griner, what was it like winning that game by 700 points yesterday? Good. All right. And and instead, let's ask her if she can beat Demarcus Cousins one on one. Like now we're now we've got a national story. Now we're getting clicks. Now people are you know talking as opposed to just, yep, we're going to win. All right, see you later. You know, so I, this is kind of like ah, eh, whatever, not a big <laughs> deal. Not, not a topic, not anything super interesting. Because right. the reality of the situation is DeMarcus Cousin would destroy her in a basketball game. Yeah, the, the reason I, I brought this up was I, I, I really liked what Gino Ariama said. Gino Ariama. I almost I, I mispronounced yeah. it just now. Uh, Gino Ariama, the head coach of the women's team, who's also the legendary head coach of the UConn women's yeah. basketball team. Um he, when he was asked about this, he said, I will take all of the money I have in my bank account. I will sell my house and take all of that money. If this is a one-on-one game with no referee, I'm putting all of that money on DeMarcus Cousins. I was like, that, yep. that's, a, that's a real sign of somebody who knows what they're talking about. And that is a man yep. who does not screw around with that stuff. So uh, I really, yeah. I was like, that, that should put the end to this. And I just wanted to bring it up because... Of Gino. Also, of any player on Team USA to go after, Demarcus Cousins might be the craziest person. What? Who would? Who would want to be like? Uh, get me on a floor with him and him alone. Like that sounds yeah. awful. Yeah, not not the wisest choice by uh, Miss Griner. It seems like she was just maybe she can uh, draw two technicals and oh, win by default. Maybe that was her. Yeah. Maybe that was the strategy. That's definitely. That's definitely a possibility. She could definitely work to get into Demarcus's head if there was a referee there calling technical fouls. Oh yeah, but she's a little she's a little bit of a loose cannon too, though. So I wouldn't rule it out for her to get possibly one or two in a one-on-one game of, of officiating with technical fouls included, which would be probably the first game of one-on-one in the history of the world with technical fouls included. So well, have that going for him too. I mean, it, it's smart that she didn't go, or I, I don't know why she wouldn't go for Draymond Green because Draymond Green. Uh, you know, has that one weak spot that he targets on most of his players. Brittany Griner doesn't have that weak True. spot. So, uh, you know, I feel right. like she could probably exploit that. Uh, and now that we've yes. talked about uh, Brittany Griner's genitalia, I think we should move on to our next one. Uh, <laughs> uh, Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins did something. Man, these are killer segues. I love the yes, offseason. I love it. Um, so great. Andrew Wiggins, uh, you know, okay, obviously Zach Levine is one of the greatest dunkers in uh the nba right now i mean he's already been considered one of the greatest dunkers of all time he might not be the best dunker on his team according to a few sources in minnesota andrew wiggins was was filmed doing a 720 in the air and dunking the ball now the dunk went off the back rim but you know that like on the next take he made it like it, it was it was so clean. He had so much time. I was like, there's no way he didn't just try it again and immediately nailed it. And it was the coolest yeah. thing in the world. And if you haven't seen Andrew Wiggins 720 dunk, it might be the greatest failed attempt at athleticism I have seen in the NBA. 
and I just wanted to make sure that the word got out about this. That's and really out. That's and it's out, and it's for people to consume at this point. No, it's not that surprising. I mean, his his high school mixtape coming out of his his last year in high school was so much athleticism. Oh, yeah. It was so it was just it, he just he just floated off the floor and stayed in the air for way longer than everybody else he was playing against. So yeah, he's a he's a freak show athlete, and I'm not surprised that he was able to pull this off. Like when I saw it on there, I was like, oh yeah, that's that's probably a thing he's done for a couple of years now. I'm surprised it's now just coming out that he's done it. Right. That was awesome. I just wanted, yeah. I want people to know. Dover, I knew you missed it, so I wanted you to know. And so now you know. You're just giving me the good head nod, and that's all I really needed from you. Yeah, I've had a busy week. No, I get it. It's okay. Yeah. Look, it, things have been going on. I understand. Yeah. Uh, Dover's also here in a black button-down shirt and black slacks. I took my tie off Black earlier. shoes. He had a black tie on earlier. He uh, he was back in black. Wow, murdered out. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Actually, gray pants. Uh, with, with those are not gray pants, lines sir. Lines on them. Those are not gray, sir. Anyways, not important. Um, Segway, segway, segway. Uh, we had a meeting with a couple other uh, members of the Game House family. Uh, we were talking, talking strategy, talking about different stuff, and uh, we got off topic because that's what people do when they like sports. They just talk about random things. Um, and the discussion of what is a dynasty came up and, uh, somebody said, you know, based on my definition, he's like, you don't think the San Antonio Spurs are a dynasty because I said that a team would have to repeat. And I said, no, the San Antonio Spurs are not a dynasty because they never did repeat. I think a dynasty is, is consecutive years ruling your particular sport, your particular league. And they never did that. The 90s Bulls, they did that. The 60s Celtics, they did that. Parts of the 80s Lakers, they did that. The, I mean, the, even the early 2000s Lakers, they did that. The Miami Heat, they did that. I don't think the Spurs are a dynasty because they never repeated. That's my one thing. That's the only stipulation is that they never, they never did it twice in a row. They could never back up. They could never uh, defend their title. That was all. That's it. So my, the one question I'm going to have for this mm-hmm. is the Spurs, 20 years of being a, you know, model NBA franchise as far as wins, mm-hmm. playoff appearances, yes. championships. Of course. All of that is out the window for you because they've never won two in a row. They never defended their title. Which I think is like so is, you, is really important. So you don't consider them a dynasty because they never defended the title, right? But yes, but yet you can you consider the Heat a dynasty, but that team was only together for four seasons. But they defended their t- well. I'm I'm I, I was using them as an example of a team that defended their title. Uh, I don't think that I they're. Think. I don't think that they're a dynasty. Um, okay. I don't, that's, yeah, that's what yeah. that's where my confusion was. Is, I I should have I should have stipulated. Is, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's where I that's where I struggle because uh, for me I'd say it's just however you define excellence and for me it is I mean the Spurs to me are an absolute dynasty because they have exuded excellence over a long period of time. Okay. Um, I mean this goes into other sports as well, but I mean. I mean, like the St. Louis Cardinals 
dynasty for me, like as far as baseball goes. Like they have they have been an excellent franchise for an elongated period of time over multiple decades. Um, that doesn't necessarily for me like it has to be a championship every single year, but over multiple decades, that team has been at the top, right? Um, in their perspective sport. So that's kind of my definition of what a dynasty is: is elongated success, multiple decades. Does that sort of mean every year a championship, but always in the discussion for are they going to compete this year? I feel like like we talked about the Spurs. It's like I feel like that is a dynasty over such a long period of time, always at the top of what their their competition is doing, always in the realm of they can win the title. That to me is what a dynasty is. Um, so I guess I'd say more like the process than opposed to like the actual result um, would be my definition of a dynasty. My, my only thing is when you go the distance and you are able to win a championship, that takes a lot out of a team. And to be able to do yeah. that again the next year really shows your dominance. Whereas, I mean, if, mm-hmm. if you're going all that distance and then like the Warriors, like this year, like, I mean, they, they completed an amazing season last year. This year had the greatest regular season in NBA history but then came up short. And it's like, well, that's that's going to ruin that because they failed. They did not show their dominance. They came up second best. Uh, speaking yeah. of second best, time to move on to our silver medal topics. Huh? Very, there we go. Yeah, now we're see, rolling. Now, now we're in midseason that form. Felt good. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, also, things that ta- happened like a month and a half ago that we just never talked about. Um, I thought that this was a really important topic. Because it shows, you know, the NBA is so um, important culturally. Um, there's there's so many, I mean, pop culture um, uh, is influenced a lot by the NBA and vice versa. And it, it, it even, at this point, takes political stances. Um, earlier in the year, Adam Silver said, you know, there's all this uh, mumbo-jumbo going on with, with different yeah, house bills in North Carolina, and I, I don't want to get into the particulars of that, but he said, hey, if this stuff doesn't clear up, we're not going to have our all-star game in, in North Carolina. Like, we, we don't like what's going on here. We're going to move if this isn't cleared up. And, you know, there, there, it's one thing to say that, like, ooh, we don't like this. We don't agree. We might go somewhere else. It's another thing to actually act upon that. And I thought that that was huge for the NBA and huge for Adam Silver as a commissioner to really show that they're not just talking the talk, they're walking the walk um, and they're standing behind their decisions and supporting, I mean, supporting the organizations that they, they are claiming that they are standing behind it. And that's, it's, it's important for me to see that they uh, understand how culturally relevant they are. Oh, as, and, and even like with, with the ESPYs, with, when you had the, uh, the banana boat gang, getting up in front of the ESPYs and, and taking a political stance, you know, it shows that the NBA understands how culturally relevant they are. And I think that's amazing. I love it. I absolutely love it. What it doesn't matter what side of each position you are taking. The fact that they are using their platform to try and make the world a better place, you know, as much as you can affect it with sports, I think it's really important that they made those statements um and so i just i just wanted to say how proud i was of the nba as uh, 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 as i was of adam silver 
and how important I really, really thought this was. And I, I thought that it deserved that amount of attention, especially on our show. Yeah, uh, I think by Adam Silver, ever since Adam Silver has taken the commissioner role in the league, he's been very progressive. Uh, he's been very conscious of social justice. He's been very mm -hmm. conscious of political issues yep. uh, and has always acted swiftly in those. But I'd say swiftly but well-informed. Yes. Um, I think this is just another case of, of him being conscious of the culture um, in the country and being cult and being conscious of the culture within the players in the NBA and uh, taking a stand and making his opinion known and making it feel like this was the right thing to do for the league. So I think that has always been what he's always done, and I think he continues to set the precedent for this is how we treat different social issues that we see in our country, and it's how we're treated in the league. Yep. So, hats off to Adam Silver for continuing to do that. Oh yeah, I mean, what? I mean, it was like his first month in as a commissioner. It, the Donald Sterling stuff broke out, or it was very, very exactly. soon yeah. into his time, and he's like kibosh. He's like, no, Donald Sterling, you're out. Get out of here. And it was like, it wasn't like yeah. we're gonna do an investigation and you know wait six and a half months and then come up with nothing. It was now we're doing this, and that's that's incredible. Um, I think he yes. he might just, you know, I mean, he's only a couple years into the job. He may be just as good, if not better, than David Stern. I think the NBA has the best commissioners ever. And th this is somebody who has been a fan of the NHL for a long time and cannot stand Gary Bettman. And everyone sees the issues that the NFL has with uh, Roger Goodell. And it's so great to see um, our commissioner being so smart about how he's handling his business. Yeah. I love Adam Silver. He's he's actually my screensaver on my on my desktop at home. Um I he's incredible. He also looks like he also looks like he should be like managing uh like minor hedge funds like in yeah. like the, the like the third floor uh of some sort of investing company. Um right. But you know like, but he I've, it doesn't it doesn't I have matter. always said he is the He's always. I've always said, and this is probably a very mean thing to say, but I've always said he is the closest thing to a human newt that I've ever seen. <laughs> so, hey, we've complimented like him. That, we've complimented him like a lot. I've stated in the last that few. on the podcast. Yeah, I feel like I've stated that on the podcast before, but make sure it's just known again. But like, <laughs> as far as Adam Silver looking like an animal, he's the closest thing to a newt that I think I've ever seen in a human. So I think good that's for spot him. on. That's spot on. And he's he's a great guy. We absolutely support him. Uh, and so I think it's all right that we uh, jab him a little bit. That's fine. Uh, he and if he has issues with that, he can call us and talk to us personally about it. That's fine. Um, speaking on of the, people, speaking of people who we would love to uh, call us and be on our podcast. LeBron James was on a podcast this week, and uh, he made a few comments about Michael Jordan and his time with the Bulls. Dan, you know a little bit more about this than me. How about you fill us in? Yeah, so he actually made his podcast debut this past Wednesday on a uh, podcast called The Open Run and uh, had some pretty interesting claims that, of course, anytime LeBron says anything, it just gets blown out of proportion. Oh, ESPN yeah. takes it and takes it and runs and says, "Hey, let's make it into a topic we can talk about for four hours throughout the yep. day because we have to talk about something." Uh, so naturally, anytime LeBron says anything, it just gets blown up like crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, in this case, um, LeBron speaking on his championship this past year over the Warriors, just saying 
It's, it was an incredible feat. It meant a lot coming back from a 3-1 deficit. It naturally brought up the Chicago Bulls and their dynasties. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, anytime LeBron says anything regarding Michael Jordan, it's like, well, All you, you have to bow down to him. You can't say anything about him. Right. Uh, so some of the comments that he made, uh, got some people all up into a tiff and a little upset. Um, he just, you know, went on to say, and I'm quoting right here. He says, "I think it's just my past. All of the greats and uh, the things they have done. Uh, I don't think MJ even ever had a game seven in the finals." And people say uh, he was able. People say he was able to close it out early. They act like he just did it all on his own. Things of that nature. They forget the shot John Paxton hit on the left wing. Uh, you know, uh, crazy things like that. Um, in that game in particular, uh, Phoenix in Phoenix, MJ didn't even have the ball in his hand. It was Scottie Pippen that brought the ball up. Charles Barkley went for the steal. Pippen went through. Horace Grant got the ball, passed it out to uh, John Paxson. Paxson hit the three. That's what wins the championship. So you know, again, not not deliberately saying, hey, Jordan gets too much credit. But again, that's what the headline turns into: is right. Jordan gets too much credit, says LeBron. Right, um, which is ridiculous. But the reality, the reality of the situation is, you know, speaking to that actual moment, Jordan right. did bring the ball off the floor, drew the attention of Barkley, who then got it to Pippen, and then Pippen attacked, gave it to Horace Grant. Horace Grant kicked it to John Paxton, who was wide open. See, that's the uh, real yeah, news. That's the real news of this yeah. is that he didn't. He was incorrect on this play. But Dan Sheaf, you you remembered this. We were talking earlier about it, and you were like, I don't think that's true. I think Michael Jordan brought it up, and you were right. Yeah, so, so Jordan actually inbounds it. It gets back to him. He then attacks, and then, uh, yeah, that's when the play ensues. But the most important thing to it is you know, LeBron talks about he gets, again, doesn't take too much credit, but if you really <laughs> go back and take a look at the series that he is referencing here, Jordan averaged 45 points a game over six games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he may have not taken the last shot to win the series. However, Average 45 a game and saw more double teams than just about anybody who's ever seen any basketball in their life. So, right. yeah, again, a non-topic, but, again, it's something that was relevant this week that happened. So I figured, you know, a little more LeBron because we were involving two of the greatest basketball players to ever play. Yes. But it's not gold. Let's just put it in the silver just so we can say we discussed it because we don't want to go past this. And people say, well, you guys didn't talk about what LeBron said about MJ. Right. He, it was a non-starter. Again. Anytime he says anything, it gets blown out of proportion. And, uh, yeah, did not come out and say he got too much credit, which is what people turned it into, which is crazy to me. Right. Well, whenever Michael Jordan and LeBron James are being brought up at the same time, people are people are paying attention to what's going on in that story. Uh, they got com- – I mean, they're being compared a lot throughout their careers, and uh, especially with their dream teams, to make it about the Olympics. Perfect. This is something that actually has bothered me for quite some time, and especially now this year. Uh, NBA 2K17 released their first trailer, and uh, it, a couple years, I think it was the 2012 Olympics that year, that was the first year that you could play as the Dream Team, or you could play as Team USA, which is cool. And then they have, again, 2016, they're, they're back at it with the, the Dream Team, but it's really weird to see in a commercial where they're like, Ooh, what's dream team is better. And they have magic Johnson. And then they flip over to Draymond green. And I was like, these are not the same. Like even in 2012, you had a lot of good, very good players. No one will ever, ever compare 
the way that 92 Dream Team was. They had 11 Hall of Famers, including their Hall of Fame head coach, Chuck Daly. That's 12, all right? The, right. Saying that this well, team... Even the, one, the one guy that was not a Hall of Famer, maybe the best college basketball player oh, of all he's time. Oh, he's, right he's a college basketball Hall of Famer. I mean... Right. And, yeah. and and he, he was he was phenomenal at that game. And so I, I think it is absolutely ludicrous to look at the squad that we have out today and say that it went, ooh, question mark, who would win? Um, no, this isn't a question at all because this team just doesn't stack up. I mean, look at the numbers. There are like six guys on this current Olympic roster that even have a chance of making the Hall of Fame, even have a chance of it. And I think it's ludicrous that we keep comparing these teams to the 92 Dream Team. I think it's dumb. I think right. it needs to stop happening unless, of course, LeBron James was on this team and Steph Curry was on this team and Chris Paul was on this team and Kobe Bryant came back. Like, that would be – those things would be comparable, but not with the guys right. that they have out there. It just doesn't make any sense. No, I, I think the thing that we probably should look at, instead of continuing to call the – USA Olympic team, the dream team. We need to come. I mean, we had the redeem team after we didn't play so well right. at, at an Olympics and then came back and got the gold back and got it back. But when we, we pretty much proved the point. Like, look, when we really send some of our best players, not even all of them, but some of them, there's no question who the best country is as far as basketball goes. Uh, but the idea that like we're still calling this team the dream team, it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't no, really add up. Um, it's like a it's like a glorified all star team you have right now, right? Uh, but not a dream team. Um, well, not even all these guys are all stars. Not even all these guys are all stars. Like that's the ridiculous part. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So the thing that that just bothers me a little bit about even comparing to past Olympic teams, but just calling this team the dream team continually when it's like, hey, look, we're really not that right right now. We have been in the past. Mm-hmm. I liked the redeem team. I thought that was really cool. That was solid. Um, you know, coming back, winning the gold again. But I feel like the dream team. I feel like we should take a look at it as uh, like the, the Colangelos and the Shashevskis, the guys running the show, saying, "All right, we have how many all stars? Okay, maybe we can call it the dream team." But if like if we're less than like sixty percent all stars, we probably shouldn't be calling it the dream team. Right. Uh, just an opinion. But yeah, I agree. That's my only issue with it. My only issue with it is we just need to change change the name of the team. Uh, to not the dream team anymore because we had one dream team. We've had a redeemed team, uh, but we no longer have any more dream teams right now, especially if not all the guys are going. Yeah, that that 92 team is the best team that we will ever have, and I don't think it's even close. You know, they won the gold by a landslide. It wasn't even a question. Um, and so I think right. that they're untouchable. Speaking of the gold, da-da-da-da! There we go. Gold medal topic. This is... This I we had so much fun. I am so excited to talk about these things. Um, Dan, this was your idea. I'll let you describe it. Yes. So, um, like we said, we like to be topical with the things that are going on in the world right now, and how to fit them into our NBA world that mm-hmm. we live in. Uh, so, for our gold medal topics, we decided to take some of our favorite events from the Olympics that are happening right now and decide which NBA players would perform these events the best at the Olympics. So we went through different guys, different events, and tried to marry the two together to fit into this player could possibly do this event very well in the Olympic setting. 
Uh, so we're excited to to unveil our gold medal topic uh, on the pod this week. Yeah, this is it. Our gold medal topic is what NBA players would be the best at different Summer Olympic events. Uh, and Dover, I yeah. want you to think hard. Uh, your favorite sport, um, well, other than basketball, of course, and football, I guess. And Okay, one of your favorite sports is, is golf. Yes. Uh, you're a big golf fan, and mm-hmm. it's made its return. Uh, and you were here when we were making this list, so I want you to think about who would be the best golfer in the NBA. You don't have to give me the answer now, but we're going to come back to that. Uh, we're going to start with Dan and I's picks. Uh, we went, you know, obviously uh, one of the biggest events and one of the most historic events in. Oh, oh, no. Oh, stop. OK, I dropped stuff. All right. We're OK. Um, you know what? We're not even going to edit that. We're just going to leave that in because I freaked out. It's fine. Um, All right. Yeah. You know, whatever. Veil has been lifted inside baseball. Here we go. One of the most historic events that we have in the Olympics is the decathlon. It's all encompassing athletic events. And uh, we picked who we thought would be best. Dan, who is your decathlon selection? Yes. So, and as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about guys that, you know, multiple athletes like to do a lot of different things, you know, is the solid size and not too big or too little, you know, just like a, a just solid looking athlete that could do a lot of different events. I went with the uh, Eric Bledsoe from the Phoenix Suns. Love it. Uh, you know, guy that he's been a little hurt the last couple of years, but you know what? Take give him four years to really get himself ramped up and in some shape. This is a guy I really believe could could do a lot of different things at once. So Eric Bledsoe, my pick for the decathlon at the Olympics. I went with Justice Winslow because also a great pick across the board. He just he spews athleticism. Uh, for exactly. as far as running, jumping, your strength, like those are all huge parts of the decathlon. And I feel like he is a guy who could show all of those things very easily. Um, I loved it. I mean, he's a Not little, mention, a, little a, lefty, a lefty javelin thrower, lefty so, javelin. That's a good point. How, I don't know how many of the guys are lefties when they throw the javelin, but he might be. It might give the other competitors like, oh, wait, lefty? What right. is this all about? So well, I wonder I don't how the decathlon too well over time, but I feel like a left-handed decathlon, a left-handed javelin thrower, a little outside the box. I like it. I wonder how um, hard it is to find a left-handed javelin. I feel like uh, the specific left-handed ones that's a good point. Would be hard to get. Maybe that's that probably what, yeah, cause a problem. Well, they they do they do get the left-handed ball into the game. For him, right? Yes, for the NBA games, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a seamless transition when they're going down the floor. So mm-hmm. I think they can find probably a left-handed javelin to throw if they can easily move in and out a left-handed ball for games for just Winslow. So I think they can do it. No question, no question. Um, yeah, yeah. I think we have solid picks there. I think, I think, I think Eric Bledsoe and Justice Winslow would be great. Um, I don't know I who agree. else would be great at the decathlon. Who else? Who else would be good? Oh gosh, I mean, I mean, I feel like the majority of the NBA guys at this point are so big, so strong, so athletic. I feel like a guy like Serge Ibaka, a little tall. He'd be fine. But, like, again, just massive athlete, right. you know, super fast, very fluid in everything he does, could just show up and be a decathlon athlete. Right. So, yeah, I mean, all of these guys. But just ones that stuck out to me because, you know, I feel like Eric Bledsoe is just one of those super athletes that could just do anything he wants to do. Oh, yeah. Or um, Russell Westbrook. He'd be pretty good too. Oh, you know, 
you know what? I think Russ. I think Russ could do it. I yeah. think Russ could definitely. That'd be awesome. I think he could do it. I think he'd be good. He'd be a good fit at that. That'd I think be, he'd be good. Yeah, um, I think Russ would be good. Well, you got to be good across speaking the board. Of, speaking of fast people, yeah, 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 yeah. Fast people. Hundred meter dash. Hundred meter dash. This is like this yeah. is the big one. This is the Usain Bolt one. This is the very big one. Um, yes. I went. I went real easy here. I went with. Uh, when you think of fast in the NBA, what are the first names that come to mind? And the the greatest strength that Ish Smith has is his pure speed. I mean, he the guy yeah. can just run and gun. And I was like, screw it, maybe maybe he could do it for a hundred meters. I don't know, but I, he seems to be one of the fastest guys in the NBA at all times. I feel like this is a no brainer. It was with a basketball in his hand too. Yeah, so seriously, he takes the ball out of his hand even faster. Uh, I did the science I works? just did the math and that that adds up. That makes sense. Cool. Does that up? That'd be great. How yeah. about yourself, Dan? So I went. I went in a different direction. I chose Dion Waiters. Um, super fast. You know, always just just showing all that speed that he has. No, I'm joking. It's not good. Just, Dion Waiters. I think he would just um, get in everybody's head. Like you'd just be yeah, like, wait, yeah. what is he doing here? Everyone would false start. Um, and that, yeah. then he could just stroll his way down to the end. Exactly. No, it, legitimate though. So think about it. so Usain Bolt about six five, six six, right? And lots of fast twitch muscle fibers, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went with John Wall, that six four, six five point guard, uh, and it's all based on like we talked about some of the high school highlight videos we've seen. John Wall's high school senior year mixtape is unlike anything there is out there in high school mixtapes. This and is he's true. So fast. And he jumps so high, and he just dunks all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did the same thing in Kentucky. He's done the same thing in the NBA. You know, coast to coast, one of the fastest guys in the league. So right. it shows the height mixed with the speed. Got to John Wall as my 100-meter dash representative for our gold medal topic. I like it. I think you know what? Point guard's a very good pick here. Yeah. You know who else probably would be good this? Who? Russell Westbrook would probably be really good. Oh my gosh, Russell Westbrook would be so good. I think good. he'd be awesome. He'd be so fast. I forget. And he would just. I, can't believe we put him in there to I think he with. would sneer at people like Usain Bolt does at like at the end of his races when he's winning. He just like gives a look to the f- other folks. He would have the best like mid sprint sneer. It'd be great. I don't, but I don't. I, I think the look would be angry. I don't know that Russell Westbrook smiles in oh, competition. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. he just gets so angry. Uh, the next so one. I'm say, oh, sorry. Good, good face for Russ. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Of the hundred meter dash. Definitely. Uh, the next one we had is the high jump. I mean, obviously, this is something that we're going to talk about with NBA players, people who can jump high. That's like pretty darn exactly. important. They do that quite often totally. in the NBA, and uh, I think we picked some pretty good jumpers on this one. Dan, who do you got? I think so too. Uh, I think mine's kind of a no-brainer. Uh, I'm going to go Zach Levine. Perfect. Also. Probably could have thrown. Probably could have thrown him into the long jump too. Yeah, uh, good but point. We went high jump, so I'm going to go Zach Levine. I think that pretty much goes without any type of you know discussion further. Zach Levine, super athlete, jumps high, high jump, in. Oh, I love it. Chuck, I, I went with. Uh, Chuck, it looks like you went with a different route here, but rookie, who you got for your high jump. I went. I went rookie. Uh, Kay Felder. Okay. Uh, uh, the rookie coming out of uh, Oakland. Uh, he w- like set the record of uh, standing vert, I believe it was standing vert and 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 running vert or um not running vert but whatever moving vert. I don't know what it's approach. called. 
Yeah, that one. That one. He set a record for yeah. jumping high in the NBA Combine. Max Vert. Max Vert. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Um, and, you know, I figure, ah, well, if he was has one of the highest jumps that we've measured in the NBA, th- that m- totally makes sense for me. Um, you know, he's a smaller guy. A lot of these jumpers are smaller guys. And so, eh, why not? And also, shout out to Kay Felder. Man, I I really hope you make it. He's gonna be good. I, he's gonna I I I love Just that he's in the NBA. Love on the pod. I love love I talking about it. Kate Felder. Um, he's yeah, great. he would he would be awesome. He'd be awesome. Again, we went with uh some hey, some guards on this. We love the guards yeah, on the high jump. You know who else would probably be really good at the high jump? I don't know. Who do you think? I probably Russell Westbrook would be really oh good. Oh my gosh! At the high jump, Russell too, Westbrook would be amazing at the high jump. Oh my goodness! I mean, he's already essentially doing that all the time when he comes off a high ball screen and kind of throws the ball out in the middle of the floor mm-hmm. and just jumps from like the sixth spacer and just dunks on people. Can you imagine him like turning his body over top of a, the, the the pole and just landing in the uh, the padding? I do think you, he could do the high jump. I do think you think he would it. go face first just to show everyone up? Because everyone goes back like with their back over the. I think he would go like face over it. And, and and just yeah, like, I can know, see I him can doing that. I can see him doing that for the first couple, just to prove a point to everybody. Right. Just like yeah, guess what? I'm going. I'm going face first. Yeah. I mean, I don't go backwards yet. <laughs> um, next Put the one. Bar up. Yeah, yeah. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Uh, the next one we had uh, deals a little bit with accuracy. We went the archery yeah. route. You know, archery. You don't yeah. really watch that when you're not watching the Olympics. This is one of those olympic only sports really for us uh and you gotta you gotta yeah. be on the olympics because it's like the first three days and then they're done uh but we went with archery yeah, you gotta search for it too right it's not oh, even yeah. on like the the main broadcast it's on like the bravo broadcast yeah. of the olympics so it's like it's really hidden in there but so you gotta search it out mm-hmm. oh and and the u.s the the men's team team won the uh, archery gold so i mean we got we got some good ones here in the united states but another but the question is, do, do we even have our best participants there? No, because I think we may have uncovered two more that could possibly go and represent the country here. It's all about the accuracy, and who has better accuracy than the Splash Brothers? Dan, you went with totally. Steph. I went with Clay because, uh, of yeah. course, of course, you got to have the accuracy, and uh, that—that's no all question. that really matters. And and you just got to get hot, you know. And and these are guys that can just get hot and and just uh, let it can fly. You imagine- can you imagine these two guys representing the United States at the Olympics and just like taunting people as they're getting bullseyes, like throwing up hand signals <laughs> as they hit a couple in a row, like it, like, like putting, you know, like when they they shoot the archery, kind of like swaps, and right. like they kind of hold it out there as it goes. Do you see these guys like holding that out there and kind of like turning over to the other like team they're playing against and just kind of like <laughs> holding the archery bow just like right in front of them as they shoot their next one? Gosh. <laughs> Just goosenecking. It's really perfect. just goosenecking with archery. It'd be goosenecking, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think I think it's no question. I think Steph Curry and Clay Thompson would probably be uh, two good representatives. Oh yeah, uh, for uh, for some archery. Well, and so, I think another guy. But, who, no, nobody else though. No, no, no. I think a guy who could just like get hot and just like just go for it. I think would be great is Russell Westbrook. I think he'd be you know awesome. What? He'd be. I think he'd be right. fantastic. I bet that he's probably, seen. He'd be really good. I bet he's seen every Hunger Games movie, and so he's like already on the bow and arrow stuff. 
I bet he's a huge cat. Well, yeah, he, de- he definitely has the fashion. He has the fashion to keep up with the Hunger Games. Oh, no good call. He's good call. I mean, he basically lives in the capital. So, I mean, like, like, or his, I mean, his yeah. head is in the capital, I should say. I mean, see, totally. look, I, I've watched the movies. I know what the capital is. Look at that. Katniss Everdeen. You're in. See, man, nailed it. You've got it. Um, another one. You know that, what? You know, another event that's probably very popular in the capital. Probably. Floor exercise. Absolutely. I'm going to say it's probably something that the, uh, the people living in the Hunger Games capital are very fond of. Uh, 100%. Floor exercise, who is your pick for an NBA player to be on the gymnastics floor running around doing very graceful things? Well, that was the thing that I, I, I went for was grace. I, 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 I yes. picked that word, and the most graceful person that I could think of was Manu Ginobili. I just love I yes. love the way he, he can contort his body and, and, and just get around defenders. He can get his way to the rim at any point. Like he can do those all those like filler movements in the floor exercises, which I really don't understand. The floor exercise is really filled with like three big tumble runs, four pretty cool leaps, and then a bunch of weird posing. Like I feel like Manu Ginobili would yeah. be amazing yeah. at the posing. I don't know what that filler yeah. time is. I yeah. feel like they should just do the tumble runs a bunch of jumps and then okay we're good um but that's not how it works i somebody else is gonna have to tell me why gymnastics is important or how how it's important i know it is important but i just don't get it um but i feel like i I, that was the one thing i could go to was who's graceful who could hit those poses manu ginobili I think it's a good one. I think I could see him, uh, instead of the big tumble runs, mm-hmm. uh, just Euro stepping all the way across the floor and just getting pinned Absolutely. all the way across. 100%. Yeah. Uh, so I went the route of just guys in the NBA that are good dancers. Okay. And how we could possibly translate that into a floor exercise. Mm-hmm. Who better than Cameron Payne oh, yeah. to represent the NBA in the Olympics? in the floor exercise based on he uh, and Russell Westbrook getting into it a little bit in front of Charlie Villanueva in playoff games. I'm uh, hoping that those only ramp up uh, this next coming season with all of their fun dances. But I would say Cameron Payne, you know, athletic enough to do some of the tumbling, but also graceful enough to have some of the fluidity in the dance moves when they uh, finish up the big tumble run. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, I mean, Cameron Payne's dance partner, I think Russell Westbrook, he could kill it on the yeah. floor exercise. He would have that attitude with the, with, the, with all the flick of the wrists or whatever. He would have that. And, the, and then the, the music might actually be interesting, too, if it's them versus totally. like the, oh, we have oh, Tchaikovsky again. Oh, boy. Everyone's playing Great. Tchaikovsky. Here's another one. Yay. But no, instead, it's going to be Way another to one. And then they're going to play some DJ Khaled. It'll be awesome. Speaking of, That's I'm right. going to see DJ Khaled. In like two weeks, no what? He's gonna be in Columbus, there. and I got I'm getting wow. tickets, and I'm pretty sure he's just gonna yell another one, major key alert, and we the best music. Oh, and also his own name. That's just gonna be that for like an hour and a half, and I'm really excited about it. Anyways, you know what would make that event so special is if he came out onto the stage on a horse. Oh yeah, a horse that was representing the United States of America in the equestrian events in the Olympics. That would be great. So, I think DJ Khaled would be awesome at the equestrian. So subtle transition to our, our next event, <laughs> which NBA player mm-hmm. would be our best representative in the equestrian. I went with Draymond Green. And you might be asking the question. Interesting choice. 
you might be asking the question, why? Why did you go with Draymond Green? Uh, and my Agreed. answer is, <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like that would be an entertaining person to watch a horse. He, watch ride a horse. He likes to kick yeah. things. You have to you kick the what? horse. Oh, right. He does, like kicking, he does like kicking the legs out. Maybe that's an equestrian thing is the kicks. He, oh, Very I true. mean, he'd be great yep. with like the spurs yeah, and stuff. Yeah, spurs. Yeah. Oh, man, he'd be awesome. I think any player on the Spurs would be better with Spurs, yeah, yeah. but still. You missed um, an opportunity there. We really did miss an opportunity there. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like he's a crazy person, and p- putting him on uh, a large animal would be very entertaining. I would agree. I would <laughs> definitely agree. Um, I think he brings controversy controversy back to a question. Back. back to a question. Bring it back, yeah. It's been it's been a while. It's been like since the seventies since there's been some really furious, you know, controversy in the equestrian world. I think he would definitely bring the flair back to it. Ooh. Um, so actually yeah. my, my buddy David read an article about how they get the horses over to uh Rio. How do you think they get the horses over there? Boat. No, it was a it was a plane. They fly. They all fly. Oh, interesting. It wasn't a very exciting article. It was just, this is the knowledge. Here you go. Um, but yeah, no. Title, I think... title. How do they get the horses to the Olympics? They fly. That's End it. of article. Yeah. That was it. That was all we needed. Perfect. It was one phone That's call. It was one phone call. <laughs> oh, did you? Know you... I didn't got a clicks, but it worked. Exactly. But anyway, speaking of other people, I would choose Isaiah Thomas. I'm going to tell you short. I think and that's jockeys a good call. are short. I don't. I don't necessarily know if equestrian riders are short, but jockeys are. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think of when I think equestrian. So Isaiah Thomas is my pick. Be short. Well, I think you, you'd have to have also somebody like with a with a firm attitude to be able to like whip a horse into shape. I feel like Russell Westbrook yeah. would really have that attitude that you would need to really like train yeah. a horse in a good way. Yeah. So I, I feel like he would and, like, be solid. Sell with the that. jumps. Right. Oh yeah. It's like he could sell the jumps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He'd probably be awesome at it. Russell Westbrook would be great. He'd be, he'd no be awesome. about that. Uh, handball totally was the next one. Handball is my favorite Olympic sport. I mean, it's my, or I should say it's my favorite sport that I only watch during the Olympics. Obviously, I love basketball yeah. and soccer and all these other things. But this is the, I only watch handball during the Olympics. And it is so cool because it's a mixture of like hockey and, and uh, basketball and soccer all together. And I, and I really, really find it entertaining. Um, and I'm really disappointed that the United States doesn't have a big enough handball culture because I would love to play handball. I wish that that was a varsity sport at my high school, but it was not. Um, but really, what you need to be good at is is getting around people, getting getting jumps above people to throw the ball into the net. And so I was thinking now, our, get in our way back machine, go back about five years. I think Derrick Rose would be amazing at handball just incredible his ability to get around people his ability to make strong plays while going opposite direction i think he'd be awesome i his his vision of the floor would be great like i just i would love to see 2011 derrick rose play handball gold medal no question yeah i completely agree i think that's a great one i think anytime i watch the handball it is all guys running jumping and throwing at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I thought to myself, well, who have I seen do this before and do it very aggressively? So I chose Blake Griffin mainly because of the Mozgov dunk and the Pau Gasol dunks where he just runs, jumps in the air and doesn't really dunk the ball, but just throws it with reckless abandon at the basket. Uh, I could see him doing the exact same thing in a handball arena, but just throwing it at a goal. So that's why I chose Blake Griffin. Love it. 
Uh, yep. yeah, you, but you know, go ahead. I was going to say, somebody who can really get around traffic and, and just make make a lot of plays on the move is Russell Westbrook. I feel like he'd be well, great. Yeah. He'd be phenomenal at that. Yeah. And he's super aggressive. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure he could rear back. He's got a nice arm. I'm sure he could get it some, some really nice goals mm-hmm. playing some handball. Russell Westbrook, yeah, probably just be awesome at handball. Yep. No question about it. The next one I want to talk about, let's get to the water sports. Obviously, everybody loves the diving and the swimming. Let's talk about diving. Who do you think would be the best diver out of NBA players, Dan? Well, you know, you've got to have a little bit of a crazy streak because you're so high in the air. That's true. Doing so many twists and turns and landing in the water. So you have to have the marriage of athleticism, a little bit of a screw loose up top, and just a reckless abandon for letting your body just go in circles. So when I thought of those three things in diving, I thought Lance Stevenson. Who can just throw their inhibitions to the wind mm-hmm. like anybody in the league? It's going to be Lance Stevenson. He's Love athletic it. enough to do it. He's crazy enough to do it. The height may not bother him. I don't know. I don't know if Lance Stevenson is afraid of heights. I mean, he lived in New York City for a long time. So he's been in some high-rise yep. buildings before. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to go Lance Stevenson as my pick. I Who would you with, run with on this? I was looking at body types, and I was thinking, what what could mm. create – like that's the biggest part of the diving is – like the the minimal amount of splash, and I know he's True. a rookie. We haven't seen him yet. You know, I already picked a rookie, so I, yeah, figure why not pick another rookie? Uh, I went with Brandon Ingram. I mean, that guy is like an oh, actual pencil, man. and so if he would do no a flip, splash. and he would go right into that, and he would just slip through the water. You'd see a few ripples, and then you'd be done. Maybe. I think that'd be awesome. Maybe. Oh I mean, my gosh, he'd That's, be great. At what that. a choice. Oh yeah! What a choice! I was I was really proud oh, of that man. one. I was really proud of that one. You know who, you know who kind of marries both of the things we talked about when it comes to, you know, the different diving techniques. Is it Russell, Russell Westbrook? Westbrook? Yeah. Oh, I it's agree. Russell Westbrook. Totally. I think he'd be Absolutely. a fantastic diver. I bet he does. He's got, he's got the way to contort his body. Mm-hmm. I bet he just does it on the side just to do it. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I, he he probably has a ten meter, ten meter uh, drop in a pool somewhere. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, before yeah. we hit our before we hit our last event, I wanted to go back to Dover. I let him stew and think yep. about who he thought would be the best NBA golfer. Now we have some horrendous, horrendous players, former players, as we've seen golfers. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal, terrible form. Charles Barkley like stutters like three times while he's driving. Michael Jordan, famous for golfing. Uh, obviously, we've seen Space Jam where it's Michael Jordan and, and uh, Larry Bird are with Bill Murray and they're out golfing. But how about today's NBA? Who do you think would be the best golfer to compete in the Olympics? Well, I thought long and hard about it, but I picked somebody who is who's aging quickly. Okay. He's thinking more. Oh, thinking the into the retirement. Yeah, into the retirement. Okay. He's already pr- playing golf on the regular, and that's Vince Carter. Vince Carter. Vince Carter. Ooh, I could see that. I like that. I really like that. You know, he's an improvisational guy. Choice. If he's if he's going out into the rough, he's a guy who can make adjustments on the fly. His scrambling's great. He's a great scrambler. And you know, as he's, he's got a flair to the dramatic. And you know, and as he has progressed in, in his NBA career, he's had to change his game. His long range has gotten a lot better. You know, maybe his long range yeah. will will translate to uh, the golf course. I think, and, and and we all know what a finisher he is. I mean, that short game is just done. So I think that was an awesome pick. 
Dover, you, I, you, 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 you got a hole in one with that one. Oh, yeah. Hole in one. Oh, yeah. Such hole a one. good one. Man, you nailed it. That was great. Wow. I bet Russell Westbrook You're hitting all Yeah, the he'd be okay, today. too. But, you Ru- know, he'd probably be awesome. Russell he'd Westbrook would be fantastic. Uh, the 200 yeah, IM so. is what we're finishing on because that's one of the biggest ones that uh, people watch, especially when they're rooting for Michael Phelps. And uh, Dover, yeah. actually, long-time swimmer. Oh, yeah. Long-time swimmer. Um, I, ha- I had to explain the IM to Charlie. Uh, yeah, it, I got oh. confused. I didn't know the order, um, and I, I kept mixing it up. And so, um, yeah, but anyways, we, we figured it out. Um, I went with somebody who actually has beaten Michael Phelps in a race. Uh, obviously, with, with his, his fame, everyone likes to dig into Michael Phelps's past and, and even into his childhood. And apparently, Chris Humphreys was a swimmer back in the day, and he raced against Michael Phelps and beat him in a... Um, I, I don't know exactly what race it was, but he beat him. He beat him in a race, Chris Humphreys. So, well, you know, no. I, I figured, know that. hey, Fun if it's fact. somebody who's beaten Michael Phelps, uh, he's got to be at least decent. So I went with Chris right. Humphreys. I figure, you know, why not? Good. Yeah. What else are you going to do? That's great. I think I went kind of a similar route, even though I did not know Chris Humphreys won a race against mm-hmm. Michael Phelps in the past. That's true. Uh, I went with just body type again. You know, guys are – Six five that are actually winning Olympic medals. Michael Phelps, six five. Uh, I chose Michael Carter Williams. He has a kind of like sleek build to him. It looks like he'd get his arms. He's got long arms. He'll get him going in the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, stays underneath and gets himself up past the pack very quickly. I think I can see Michael Carter Williams being a pretty solid swimmer and doing all of the different things pretty well when it comes to the two hundred IF. So I chose Michael Carter Williams based on just body size body type, length, and just a certain amount of athleticism. So I chose, chose Michael Carter-Williams. Well, one of the big reasons we've been talking about the uh, the well, wait, Olympics with the on, basketball. Though. Well, hold on, hold on. I'm getting there. Shoo. Dude, you just chill, girl. Okay. Come on. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, I mean, one of the reasons we talked about comparing all these sports in the first place is um, – Team USA, the basketball team, was really into uh, Michael Phelps's greatness, and um, you oh, know, yeah. as as yeah. as as providers of a podcast for a sport, uh, it is hard to ignore the greatness in somebody. So, I mean, Michael Phelps is absolutely incredible. Um, but that being said, uh, if we had to pick anybody to be an Olympian, f- especially from the NBA, I think hands down, there's no question, we're only picking Russell Westbrook. No question. Absolutely. No question. The, the guy is incredible, can do all of these things we looked at probably effortlessly. Yes. Had he chosen from an early age to focus on any of these things, probably would have been one of the best people in the world at it. Uh, and that's just a testament to how gifted he is as an athlete. So I'm, I'm pretty sure he could have done just about anything you see here and done it at a very high level, an Olympic level, at a gold medal level gold medal level if you can't tell we really yeah. like was- russell westbrook i like to say russell westbrook i like i like i'm I Yos- uh, like i'm elmer fudd i do that all the time um but yeah. you know since we're talking about the international game i think that it's only the most appropriate thing that we could do is to kick to our favorite segment dan go ahead well you know what it's it's that time of the show where we get to uh, do the best thing I feel our show offers, and that is keeping up with Chris Daps. 
we're at that time of year where we are coming down the home stretch of the summer. Uh, guys are starting to get their bodies back in shape. Guys are really starting to think about training camp coming around the corner. And Chris Daps is a guy that's doing the exact same thing. Um, a lot of interviews recently with what you've been doing over the summer, Chris Daps, how you keep your body in shape. And it's funny, a lot of the things he's been saying to people is he's been spending a lot of his summer working on his post moves and his Ooh, leg strength like uh, to play more down on the block this season in the triangle offense for the Knicks. So mm-hmm. uh, keep a lookout, starts of this year, uh, for Chris Daps down in the post and giving you some, uh, some dream shakes, giving you some fall-away jumpers with the knee in the chest like Dirk. He's been really spending a lot of time on that, uh, that, post, that post game. So uh, take a look at it this coming season. And that was keeping up with Chris Daps. Back to you, Chuck. Love it. I, I, I always like hearing about what Chris Stapps Porzingis is up to. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention uh, is uh, the Game House, H-A-U-S. Uh, they've been awesome with us, thegamehouse.com. They yeah. set up our own forum that we can have our own discussions. So in between episodes that we have, you can get a hold of us there. We're going to be talking there. If you have different athletes that you thought would be great for uh, different events or even events that we didn't talk about, uh, for these Summer Olympics. You can go to the forums. We're going to set something up here in the next day, and uh, you can tell us what you think. So go ahead and check out those forums on thegamehouse.com, and uh, we'll get in those discussions with you. Uh, just thought I'd plug that before we got too far away from the uh, Summer Olympics stuff. I, I really wanted to hit that. Uh, of course, it is the yeah, end of our cool. show now. We've, we've talked about Chris Tepsworthingus. So now we go to one of our favorite things, which is our games, our trivia is we're starting out with uh, a Dover, and he has one of one of the games that we we really liked playing as our trivia is our nickname challenge. Nickname Dover challenge, take it. Yeah, we have another another player for today. As the last time we played this, I'm mm-hmm. going to count down from three. Each of you are going to have one guess. We say at it at the, the same, same time. time. Same time. And if you don't get it, you get a hint, and then same thing, and then a second hint if you okay. still don't have it. Then we feel shame. And then shame, yes. Okay, that's fair. Okay, here's the nickname. All right, here's the nickname. Meal Ticket. Oh, gosh. Meal Ticket? Hold on, say it again. Meal, meal Ticket. Meal Ticket. Meal like, Ticket. Is it like like M-E-A-L? Yes, like a meal you okay. would eat. Not like meal like the bugs. No. Okay, I was just checking. Yes. And this is, and this is a current player, correct? Yes, very, very, yes, very current player, yes. Very current. No, no, not... Don't take my words and twist them. He's extremely current. All right. Um, Crap. Uh, I have one, but I don't like it. I do too. I don't like it either. Okay. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Kevin Garnett. Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, man. That was a better one. I went with the big ticket. I went with the big ticket. ticket. And uh, neither of you. And you went with the other. What you might thought would be the other ticket. All right. We didn't get it. All right. Let's try this again. First hint. Yep. yep. Current Olympian. Oh, shoot. Okay. Current Olympian. I got it. Oh, I got man. it. This do is you my really? second choice, and I have it. I think I do. Um, uh, Give me a sec. Um, okay. okay. All right. I don't like mine, but go ahead. Three, two, one. Carmelo Anthony. Cousin. Dan, what did you say? DeMarcus Cousins. Nope, that's not correct. Uh, I went with Carmelo. Ah! 
Carmelo Anthony because no. it's like a oh, meal. I, I oh, like Carme- it. Carmelo Anthony. No, that's not. Also, Carmelo's are a candy, so I figured that's, food. That's pretty good, Charlie. Man, I, I thought really hard on that one. Okay. That's pretty good. Clearly, we're not okay, as good so as this gonna, as we t- hope. We're going to take that hint, and we're going to add on to it. Uh-huh. This player recently played with Derrick Rose. Oh. Oh. Huh. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure we've got this one now. I think we got it now. Go ahead. Yeah. Three, ahead, two, one. Jimmy Butts. Jimmy Butler. No. What? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. What? Sorry. You're both wrong. We're both. What's the answer? Pau Gasol. You didn't. It's not our Olympic team. It was oh, uh, an I Olympic team. I said he, he specific said Olympian, and I thought it pretty meant good. ours. Come on, and he fooled me. Yeah, I got Keep you me. both. Well done. So, we'll talk about our if it hits. I'm a genius. Where we predict wild things in the NBA, and they're almost never right, except for Dover one time. Uh, Dan, you thought the Dion Waiters would sign with the Kings. And your explanation was because the Kings, uh, apparently right, it was true. because the Heat, because the Heat, uh, the Heat signed Dion Waiters, which um, I'm not a genius over here. No, no, it's okay. Uh, I thought that we would have two players staying back from the Olympics that would bail out last minute, and you guys made me pick, and so I picked Draymond Green and Kyle Lowry, and uh, that, that that didn't happen. Everyone went uh, Dover. Um, on yours, it just says Jr. And uh, I don't remember what you said. To the Knicks. Oh, JR went to the Knicks. All right, that's right. But that didn't happen either. No, it didn't. All right, so none, nobody's geniuses, uh, and that happens. Um, so this coming week, if it hits, I'm a genius. Go ahead, Mr. Sheaf. So uh, what I am thinking is to lift the spirits of our current NBA men's – or sorry, our uh, Olympic men's basketball team. been a little rocky – uh, during the Olympics, the squad this time, uh, I think to lift the spirits, I think Simone Biles is going to suit up uh, and sit on the bench with the men's only basketball team for the gold medal game to kind of lift the spirits. Mm-hmm. And then uh, during during halftime, do some cool gymnastics work in the locker room to really make sure all the guys are ready to go to finish out that gold medal game. Love so it. I'm going to say Simone Biles suits up for the uh, gold medal game. A very – Olympic team. A, a like Mike kind of uh, kind of deal there. I, I yes. like it. Um, I Definitely. went with um, something based on a little and a little bit more real uh, real uh, ideas. I, I mean, just a little bit more. Um, Patty right. Mills uh, has taken on a whole new life, being the starter for the Australian team. I say he gets thirty three points, which will be an Olympic high Ooh. for an Australia for an Aussie. Uh, versus Serbia in their semifinal game. 33 points from Patty Mills. Do I get a yes? I like it. Yes. Boom. Dover, this is my favorite thing that ever exists. Go ahead, Mr. Dover. Well, step one, Australia is going to make it to the gold medal game. Okay, the so they tournament. beat Serbia. Yes. That, that's, that's, not... that's step one. Okay. All right. That's step, a good step start. Step two, in the gold medal game, uh-huh. Matthew Delavadova triple double. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yep. All right. I allow it. I, I like this one. Fantastic. It's a two-step, two-step okay. process. Fantastic. Now, they don't have to win the gold medal. No, they just no, get no. to the gold medal game. And then triple-double. You know and what? I, I'm totally cool with that. Totally good with that one. Great with it. 
Uh, hey, a really good one. Hey, Dan, remember before uh, Gyro got here and I said uh, it's probably going to be about this particular player? Uh, who did I say? You did. Who did I say? You said it was going to be Matthew, Matthew <laughs> Dolovanova. <laughs> Nailed it. You know your best friend so well. Oh, You're man. exactly right. We love you, buddy. Uh, we can't wait to talk to you guys next week. We want to give a shout-out to all of our amazing support that we've had so far. Uh, first off, from the Game House. That's H-A-U-S, GameHouse.com. Go check out our forums. Go check out all of our stuff over there. And go check out all of their awesome articles. There's one guy who says that the NBA should have a franchise tag. I think he's crazy. But um, he, he lays out a pretty good argument. Go check that out. Um if you want to be part of the chat, you can go to our forums on there. You can find us on Twitter at hack underscore uh underscore chat or on our email at hackachatcast at gmail.com. You can find myself on Twitter at Cleep3. Gyro's on Twitter at JTD Perk, where he's going to be posting a bunch of OSU stuff. That's not true. He doesn't post anything ever. And Dan, you're not on Twitter. Uh, and I, for a second earlier, you mentioned something that was on Twitter, and I thought you joined, and you're like, no, it was my brother sent it to me. So, whew. Avoided that one. Um, shout out to Tim Piscitelli for making our music at the beginning and the end of our show. You can find him on his SoundCloud page at Tim Piscitelli. You can find us on SoundCloud as well and iTunes and the Google Play Store and the Stitcher. And you can subscribe and you can rate and review. Please do all those things. Wait, subscribe wait, and rate and review wait. and uh, tell your friends. Tell all your friends. Check wait, out don't. our forums. You know the whole shtick. You know the dealio. Uh, and that's it. Don't, that's all we don't got. Don't close up shop. Don't close up shop just yet. What don't do you mean? Close up shop you... We forgot. We forgot about. We forgot about one guy we wanted to discuss. Who? As well, we talked about who could represent our country. No, no. Uh, I think Harold Miner would be an oh, awesome gosh. beach volleyball player. He's from the California area. Oh, he knows goodness. beaches. Super athletic. Could represent the country playing beach volleyball. Can we talk here about? We talk here about minor. Like no, we got time, dude, right? we got no, time. we don't have time. It's like twelve thirty, man. I've got. It is a school night for me. Oh, also, I don't. I'm so not going to school tomorrow. So but next time. so for sure, next time, Harold Miner. Dover, what do you want? Also, isn't he? Isn't he dead? No, Harold Miner's not dead. What do you? Stop it. Right. Uh, gosh. All oh, right. I'm you know done. what? Maybe next, next week we'll we'll discuss it. Um, but you know, un time. until then, we'll until then, travel safe, be good to one another, and fall out. <laughs> <laughs>